0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Football Obscurity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco and I'm here as always with my co-hosts Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. Boys, the fantasy season is over. How are you feeling? We feeling good in the neighborhood? Woo!
1: I'm excited. I just invented a new condiment that's going to take the football tailgating world by storm. Is it mayo chup? It is like that. It is kind of like a blend of ketchup and mustard.
0: I call it custard. Oh, I like custard. You should put it in a pie. Feed it oh, to you should that's right custard. Okay, pivot, pivot. You could, no, what you need to do is you need to make this custard and then serve it to your wife as a dessert. Be like, honey, I made you some custard.
1: I forgot about custard. Pivot. It's now <laughs> called mutzup. Mutzup. Yes.
0: Is that like up dog? Mustard and catsup. <laughs> mutzup. 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 That's what I say to my wife when the dog wakes up
1: what's up not much What's up with you
0: what's up all right uh mike how are you doing
2: i'm doing good it's saturday and it's not yeah. friday but yeah. it's you know it's all right gonna probably play some world of warcraft after we're done here and get my characters up to level 50 so i can enjoy the new expansion
0: oh do you have to be level 50 to be in the new expansion
2: yeah yeah 50 oh. is a requirement um they totally nerfed everything. People were getting up to like level like 120, 130, and then they're like, "No, we're not going to do that. We're going to change it all around." So now the highest level is level 60. So you enter Shadowlands at level 50, and then you have 10 levels to get to level 60, and then you're pretty much done.
0: And then you're capped out. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, why don't we get into it then, so Mike can uh, make his paladin. Level 60. I don't know. I, I don't know World of Warcraft. Paladin pal- works. Paladin hey! Works. Yeah. I, just, I just went with a, you know, a D&D class, and I, I guess it worked out for me.
2: Yeah, you know, that warriors, paladins, Um, they're all there, the basic characters. And then, you know, of course, you got some creative ones as well. So, yep, nailed
0: and it. Pandas. All right, let's stop talking about World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh absurdities this is the third annual absurdities and what that is this is our award show we're all sitting here in tuxedos um evan is in a lovely ball gown i think i actually made that exact (laughs) joke last year now that i think about it
1: love it i i I could be fabulous year in and year out it's okay repetition is cool
0: yeah but you know evan is in a fancy little ball gown but that's that's just his podcasting outfit he says you know look good play good that's how that's how we that's how uh, he rolls.
1: I mean, pandemic rules. I just haven't changed since last year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So what we are doing for the absurdities this year is we are issuing some awards to our fantasy uh, football players. I guess you could call them the, the 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 real life NFL players who helped us out in fantasy this year or didn't help us out. So last year we had six categories. We nixed one because we're not quite sure what it meant, and that was under the radar stud. So we got rid of that. We added two new ones this year, so we got seven categories for you folks. So um, why don't we – oh, Week 17, don't play in it. Do you want to know why you don't play in it? Because Alvin Kamara isn't playing this weekend because a million other people aren't playing this weekend. So if you're tuning in, listening to Week 17 advice, you ain't going to get it. My advice for you is don't play in Week 17.
1: Yeah, next year, Carl, uh, Fake Plastic T, and I are going to set up what we're calling shelter leagues for people who have stupid leagues like week 17 championships or trade vetoes, and it's going to be all good stuff. So if you are in a week 17 championship and you can't talk your league mates out of it, come on over to our Discord. We have, we'll give you shelter from the that, nonsense.
0: Yeah, that is tiny.cc/fbabsurdity, and it's still going. Even though the fantasy season's over, we still have a lot of good discussion. It's slowed down a bit, but it's still been good discussion. And um, we will be—that's a good uh, transition into the uh, uh, broadcast notes. So we will be every other episode during the off season in this feed. Uh, every other episode during the off season will be in the Patreon feed, which is Patreon.com/footballabsurdity. It's only three bucks a month. We will get extra content out there. Um, I have not quite yet figured out the schedule for that, but we will also have some extra content out there. Last year I looked into like air yards a little bit. I looked into what to look for in rookie wide receivers. I looked into, I ranked all the backfields by their handcuff situation. So um there is a lot uh, going on there in the off season that you can sort of think about. And I was looking back on that uh, article and um, the number one and number two guys for uh, um, unfulfilled air yards were Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel who are both top 25 wide receivers this year. So I feel pretty good about uh that model cuz I talked about both those guys. So very interesting stuff over there in the in the um Patreon. So, boys, let's get out of plug mode and let's get into uh award mode. So First one up is going to be best waiver wire pickup, and this is the guy who, you know, you you spent your fab on, you burned your number one waiver priority, or he was just sort of a guy that you stuck at the end of your bench, you know, Uh, he was your last waiver, you ended up with him, and he ended up helping you a lot this season, so um, I don't know what you guys did, but what I do for these these waiver pickups is I go to uh, Walid Ismail's weekly articles. And I see, you know, who he recommended win, what their roster ship percentage was. So that I got a good idea of, you know, was this guy a good waiver wire pickup? So um, I'm flipping an imaginary coin. And Mike, you are going to go first with your best waiver wire pickup of 2020.
2: Do you guys know who that is, by the way?
0: It's got to be J-Rob.
2: It is J-Rob.
0: Yeah, even though he wasn't around for the finals, James Robinson.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Part of week one waiver wire uh, Mm -hmm. that carried throughout the season for everybody. Uh, He was definitely owned by week three uh, pretty much throughout. Uh, Oh yeah. And um, he, 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 the good thing, the one thing that you can look at players and you just know you got someone good is when they're not only good for the league that you're in, but they're good for all leagues. So Mm -hmm. if you're in a PPR league and they do great, But they also do great in standard league, which means scoring touchdowns and catching passes. So not only was he good in one league, he was good in all types of formats. Um, The only weeks he did not appear as a top 24 was week one, week five and week 16. And of course, he was out in week 16. So two weeks in your whole the whole entire time that hopefully you owned him he was not a top 24 guy um that's a string of nine straight weeks inside the top 24 which tied alvin kamara as the longest streak um interesting enough he never reached the rb1 plateau but he did become an rb2 a couple times and you know, I I just think no doubting he was one of the best fantasy running backs this season. Finished as an RB four on the year, only behind A. K. Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry.
0: Wow, oh, wow, yeah, that's uh that that's pretty much the smash 1.01 easy pick for this uh for this yeah the, the that was the first guy I wrote down J. Rob um Waleed had him in his. Uh, week two waiver wire thing so after week one as a 43 percent rostered guys and Mike like you said he was he was off of that list very quick so uh Evan who are you looking at as a uh the best waiver wire pickup of the year
1: well he came into fantasy relevance due to kind of a tragic situation but overall uh he stuck around and I really like top 12 quarterback Justin Herbert Oh, there you go. Herbert. You know, he he, uh, despite missing a game, he ended up ninth overall in scoring. And he was not – I'm on the Fantasy Pro's average draft position, which goes to 350. And he's not on there uh, because he wasn't even the starter. Mm -hmm. And he got you some great weeks there if you needed a quarterback. He kind of fizzled towards the end. But – that's because Keenan Allen went down, but for let's see here one two three four five six seven straight weeks he had uh 20 or more fantasy football points uh, and finished uh, as the number one receiver in week seven. So oh. Justin
0: Herbert, you know, wow, I mean? uh, he was
1: he was so good he was the number one receiver too. Yeah, sorry about that. I guess not. No, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm a little too starry eyed about him. Uh, number one quarterback. And it just it's so nice to get proven year in and year out. Don't reach on a quarterback, because if you flop in a late round pick, you can just get somebody off the waiver wire.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a a, a good pick. I, that wasn't somebody that I was thinking about because uh, I was looking more towards like running backs and stuff and wide receivers. So uh, yeah, I
2: didn't make my honorable mentions and probably should have.
0: Yeah, I, I I didn't even look up his roster percentage, but yeah, that's a that's a good call. I, I, I took had, a
1: guess I took a guess. I, I, I had two guys ahead of him. One of them was J. Rob, but I'm like, I think I know that Mike's gonna do J. Rob. <laughs> I, I know who Jeff's gonna do. So let me let me zig, let me zag here and get get Herbert's name mentioned. So we can get more. We were talking about this pre uh, pre show. Uh, not a lot of quarterbacks in this list, so I just I just wanted to fill it out with a quarterback.
0: All right, who I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see who you think I'm doing in this one. This guy might
1: be drafted too high, so I'm not sure. But I was rolling dice that you would take Justin Jefferson.
0: Oh, no. He is – I thought he he did not qualify as a waiver pickup for me.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah I couldn't, yeah. But I'm, I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb.
0: CeeDee Lamb's a good one. Um, but my guy, it's neither one of those guys. It's a guy that around the middle of the year, I was like, we should probably pick this guy up in PPR leagues. He's getting a lot of targets. He's getting a ton of targets and the rookie phenom running back in this backfield is getting all the targets. But well, who I'm talking about is JD McKissick. Oh yeah. That
2: would have been a good guess too. Yep.
0: Yeah. Cause I loved JD McKissick starting around the middle of the year. I think I made a tweet that I was like, are we just not going to talk about how JD McKissick has 20 targets in his last three games or 22 targets. And after week eight, so after their bye. He started to really tick up not only in targets but in in carries. He didn't get a whole lot of carries, really, though, until um, Antonio Gibson got hurt. But even after Antonio Gibson got hurt, he came through in the clutch for you. So J.D. McKissick in Week 9 is when Waleed finally wrote about him. He was 29% rostered. He'd been on my sleeper list for a couple weeks there before then. Uh, But starting after the Week 8 bye, J.D. McKissick averaged – 27 rushing yards and 47 receiving yards per game. So he averaged 74 yards per game in the second half of the year. He averaged six receptions. So that's big money. That's just cashing checks in a PPR league for a wider for a running back six catches and 74 yards. And then he also kicked in six touchdowns in eight. I'm sorry. He kicked in three touchdowns in eight games, pacing out to six. So if you take him after the break, um, after week eight, which is Waleed lead said to pick him up in week nine, he paced out to 1,270 yards and six touchdowns and a hundred receptions. This guy had 50 receptions in the second half of the year. Wow. And the reason I wanted to go with JD McKissick was it was one of those guys that nobody was talking about at the beginning of the year. Nobody was talking about J.D. McKissick. He was an afterthought. Yep. I I remember
2: you brought him up. You brought him up on our podcast around week four or five. And you're like, you know who I really like is this J.D. McKissick. And I'm like, yeah, he can do some good stuff, but I haven't really been paying attention to him. And then I went and watched the game and I'm like, then the next game. And then the next, (laughs) the next game. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. This is a perfect call. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And the reason that I'm, I chose JD McKissick as my waiver wire pickup was because uh in the Football Absurdity Riders League which uh who won that league? I forget no, who stop. won that. Jo- I'll some- never
1: forget because you won with an auto auction team.
0: Yeah, somebody won, I forget who it was. I think it was me. I'm not sh- 100% certain. Um I dropped him but I had uh, I believe this was the league I had JD McKissick in as my running back too for most of the year. Yes. I dropped him in week 17 because I made a silly – or 16 because I made a bunch of silly roster moves to uh, be able to look back at this team in a few years and go, why do I have Devin Funchess on this team? Who is Kendall Hinton? Why do I have Geno Smith? So – because I would already locked up the victory. But, yeah, J.D. McKissick helped me – helped ride my way to the title um, in the Football Absurdity Writers League. So he is my waiver wire pickup of the year. And um, I've got some honorable mentions here, some other things. Uh, Miles Gascan Yes. um, Week 15 percent rostered. Mike Davis, week yep, three, I four percent. Yeah. Mike Davis, though, we'll talk we'll we'll uh there's more about that later. Um that's a little tease for Mike Davis. Uh Corey Davis, who faltered down the stretch, but he was a great wide receiver too. He was free before week one, before AJ Brown got hurt. Uh T. Higgins, six percent rostered week four. Robert Tunyon, Logan Thomas, both eighteen percent rostered in about week between weeks five and eight. So there's a lot of good options on this list. I, all right,
2: I got what? Jeff Wilson and CD Lamb as my honorable mention. Oh,
0: Jeff Wilson's a good one too.
2: what what do you Evan, do you have any honorables?
0: No, no, but those are all great ones. Evan is without honor. <laughs> <laughs> Evan has no honor. so
1: once i once I knew herbs was gonna be probably not picked by you all, I kind of just went on. We had a yeah. lot of this making this week.
0: Evan's working smarter, not harder. He's going, who are Mike and Jeff not going to pick? So I only have to prepare one guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about worst waiver wire pickup. The guy that, looking back, you just went, man, why did I do this? So Evan, I'll let you go first on this one. Who was the worst waiver wire pickup of the year? The guy that you blew everything on and then he b- blew up on the bench.
1: This was a pretty, pretty easy one. Um, Uh, Last year, Carolina Panthers had an all-world bad rush defense. This year, week one, they looked like uh, the doors at Best Buy one second after Black Friday started. Uh, They were facing the Rams week three, and Austin Eckler had just gone down. And we confidently, I, well, I'm not going to talk to you if you're all, I, I confidently told everyone Joshua Kelly was a safe play. He'd gotten uh, a dozen fantasy points in both of the first two weeks with Eckler kind of around while well, he went down that second game. And now he was set to get the start against what looked like the worst defense against the rush maybe of all time. And then it turns out, no, Carolina figured it out and held him to 43 yards on eight carries. And the next week against Tampa Bay, well, that's Tampa Bay. The next week against New Orleans, he got under five points again. Uh, Then he got got a whopping 7.8 points against the miserable Jaguars. He just underperformed for the entirety of Austin Eckler's absence. And it just, it threw me, it was the any given Sunday of fantasy football prognosis.
0: The guy who was a healthy scratch in two out of the last... Oh, no, he got hurt again. But he was a scratch in two out of the last three games. Yep. He averaged, Evan, after you touted him. So you touted him for week three, you said? Yeah. So after that tout, he averaged 30 yards per game. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Just not good. I remember getting in arguments about him uh, at the New Orleans game where I was like, uh, yeah, he's bad. Justin Jackson's better than Josh Kelly. And people were getting all in their feelings, and uh, I mean, the real answer there was somehow Kalen Bilodeau. Yeah, Ooh, I don't know how figure. that. Yeah, I don't know how that worked. But uh, Mike, who is your worst waiver wire pickup?
2: Uh, the worst wa- waiver wire I have is uh Dearness Johnson.
0: Yes. Dearness.
2: And he uh he became a, a hot commodity when Nick Chubb went down with an injury in week four. And he did a pretty good job, uh, 95 yards on 13 carries, and finished as the RB34 that week. So everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. I, too. I, I spent a lot of fab on this dude, so I was right there with you guys. Um, because Mostly because the reasons the Browns were too running back heavy. And they came into the year that way, and you figured they wouldn't change. And no, they said, well, we have Kareem Hunt. We don't really need... This guy, we can't even pronounce his first. Um, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just call him Johnson, you know. And he just basically sat on the sidelines for the whole entire time. Johnson um, had, had the room to become, you know, factor in his offense. But he would just rush 19 more times for 66 yards in six more games that he played. So he actually had... Less yards than the game he came and filled in for Nick Chubb for, or half the game that he filled in Nick Chubb for, um, and just became an absolute
0: zero. So Deionis Johnson, easy for you to say, was going to be my guy. I only, I I was like, but you know what, I bet somebody else to do it. But here's the thing. So, uh, Mike, we talk about the Dynasty League, Evan and I are in, where uh, his team's really good, my team's really bad. Um, you ever have that moment where you're like, all right, I just got to tear this whole thing down. Like I got to, I, this is, I'm not getting anywhere with this roster. Fire sale. That was for me when Nick Chubb got hurt and I spent 41 of, out of a hundred dollar fab on Dearness Johnson.
2: Yep, That was probably about what I put. Um, I might've even spent a little bit more, but Yeah, exactly. I was all over. I mean, I had Nick Chubb and and Krim Hunt on my roster anyways. So I'm like, yeah, I'm all about this and he plays great. And no way the Browns are going to change their offense around and, you know, not go to two running back set. But
0: yeah, no, it just it didn't it didn't work out. Sometimes that happens. I, I realized what we do. What we do is, uh, we try to discern patterns, and then when the when the team breaks their pattern, we get yelled at. That's pretty much what we do. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we sit there and we go, all right, this, this, and this has been happening, so logically, this should happen. And then when the team zigs, it's like, oh, I'm the idiot. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Dearness Johnson, picking him up for $41 made me go, you know what, if I'm making these moves when Nick Chubb goes down, it really means this roster isn't ever going to win another title, so let me just rip this bad boy down. And now I have uh, five of the first 25 picks this year, so feeling pretty good about that. Uh, My guy, though, um, so back in week uh, one, after week one, uh, uh, George Kittle missed two games he missed weeks two and three in those two games uh jordan reed had two touchdowns against the jets on 50 yards two receptions for 23 yards against that or against the um the giants he got hurt in that second game though what sucks is jordan reed is is my is my best worst waiver wire pickup. is everybody picked him up because everybody remembers jordan reed from 2016 everybody remembers the jordan reed that was good and and i got uh Too far ahead of myself. I got too far over my skis because I stopped remembering that Jordan Reed was Jordan Reed. And Jordan Reed is going to get hurt again. So, Jordan Reed, everybody picked up Jordan Reed after George Kittle got hurt. They got one good game out of him. Then, Jordan Reed got hurt. Well, guess what? George Kittle was still hurt. So, everybody rushed back to Jordan Reed. And here's what Jordan Reed has done in the seven games since coming back from injury six of these without George Kittle. 30 targets. 15 receptions 146 yards two touchdowns he's averaging 21 yards per game and that's the the guy that everybody was rushing out to get because there's uh you know the i won't steal their 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 term for it but i'll i'll credit them the fantasy footballers they have what they called rule 86 when jordan reed was was on the uh was on the washington uh football team i guess he wasn't on washington football team but you get what i'm saying uh if he is healthy and if he is playing, then he is in your lineup, period. And that just didn't work out this year. So my big one was Dearness Johnson, but I knew that Mike was going to take that one, or if not Evan. So I'm going with Jordan Reed as my worst waiver wire pickup of the year because you did it twice. You got tricked by him twice. When, George, when uh, George Kittle got hurt the first time, you got one good game, then a disastrous game. And then when Jordan Reed came back, you got tricked by him again. So that's why my, my worst pickup was Jordan Reed because he did it twice to you. He was a double dip bad pick this year.
2: That's harsh. That is harsh because, yeah, you're right. You, he, uh, they went down and then picked them up and then, oh, availability and, you know, again, with the name recognition. And I wonder, I wonder how close he and Ross Dwelly turned out as far as stats.
0: Uh, I can, I can tell you. Jordan Reed uh, got
2: sixty. 60-
1: Points sixty
0: point one, and Ross Dwelly got thirty seven. Oh boy! Yeah, Ross Dwelly. So Ross Dwelly is on the field a lot for the Niners, uh, but he generally is a blocking tight end. That's the thing with Dwelly is he gets a lot of run, but he's 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 a blocker boy for them, who will occasionally do Kyle check things. Um, and and then people will go, oh, maybe this Ross Dwelly guy. But yeah, no, it didn't work out for people who picked up Ross Dwelly. Um. All right, let's go ahead and let's get some good vibes going. One more
1: thing. Sorry to circle back, but I had a cherry pick set that I totally forgot to uh, present. Uh, As of right now, and you've mentioned he was inactive or injured two of the last three games. Uh, Back to Justin Jackson, or best to uh, Josh Kelly. As of right now, 13% of fantasy rosters still have them on their lineup. That means one in every seven people who picked up Josh Kelly just quit at some point in the season. He was like a buzzsaw through fantasy lineups.
0: That was yeah that was um oh god i forget who the hot way wait- oh it's Chase Claypool had his three touchdown game i believe it was the week before Dak Prescott broke his leg and then after waivers ran, after Dak Prescott broke his leg, Dak Prescott still had a higher roster percentage as Chase Claypool, who followed up that three touchdown game with another touchdown. And I went, oh, OK, if you want to pinpoint when people gave up, it's when Dak Prescott broke his ankle because <laughs> it was just like, you know what, I'm out. It's silly because Herbs was probably still there. There's there's good guys in the waiver wire. Trubes. True. Okay, okay said you, you said that. Yeah, I was going to say you said there's good people <laughs> on the waiver wire. And then you said Mitchell Trubisky.
1: Yeah, that was weird.
0: Oh my gosh, breaking news uh, Joe Hayden, Eric Ebron And Cassius Marsh are all on the COVID list
2: Dang
0: Wowza, wowza Do
2: you have yeah. any uh, Honorable mentions for Worst waiver Wire?
0: Me, no I knew that, that was, uh, I didn't want to think about it too much because it made me too sad <laughs> I had
1: Benny Snell and Malcolm Brown
0: Ooh, Benny Snell's a good one
1: you yeah, the backup who never was
0: Yeah, Mike, what about you?
2: Uh, Scotty Miller Oh. Mm. Um, mm. Finished as a wide receiver, 68. Uh, Cam Newton. Finished yeah. As a QB, 20, and Devonta Freeman, um, running back,
0: 84. Oh my gosh, I forgot about Devonta Freeman as a as the the guy that a lot of people picked up. I think that I I never got tricked by Devonta Freeman, so I forgot that he was a hot pickup. <laughs> I was like, guys, it's Devonta Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> you understand this, right?
2: What has he done in two two years with the last two years with the Falcons that he's all of a sudden gonna do what um it couldn't do in the first two uh, games?
0: Yeah, it was it was wild. And and you know what, we did get some redemption. Remember last year we poo I poo pooed all over Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman had one good game and got hurt. Gallman had some sustained success this year before he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> So week seven through twelve, uh, he played in five games and he scored a touchdown at least one. I'm sorry, seven through thirteen, he scored at least one touchdown or went for over 100 total yards in all those games. So he was slamming for you. And then he remembered he was on the Giants and everything fell apart in the finals. That's yeah, why he didn't even. That's why he didn't even make my honorable mention list because he fell apart in the playoffs.
2: And then he also did good. He had, like you mentioned, he had a streak of really good games. You know, I wouldn't be surprised as we talk about one of those hidden injuries kind of things, because he went from being serviceable and putting up good points to doing absolutely nothing. So the way he runs and everything, I wouldn't be surprised that he has one of those injuries.
0: It's entirely possible. Yeah, I almost uh, one of my hot takes was that uh, Wayne Gallman forced a uh, a uh, shared backfield next year with Saquon Barkley, but I didn't go that far. (laughs) Well, it was
2: getting that close. It really was because Saquon in his first two games did almost nearly nothing. And then here comes Wayne Gallman just blowing it up. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe there's something here. And well, yeah, not so much anymore.
0: There you go. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll see. We'll monitor that. Yeah, I think that is a mystery injury situation there with Wayne Gallman. So all right, let's get the good vibes going again, and let's go to best double digit slash late round pick. And the way that we figured this out is we went by rounds ten through fifteen on half PPR ADP, and we used Fantasy Pros for this. So um, I got three guys here. So I'll let either one of you guys go first. But since we're we're being a uh you know we're learning how to share we're going back and forth that means that it is mike's turn to go first sure Ooh.
2: um best double dodge pick justin jefferson
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, it was a terrific surprise for those taking a rookie wide receiver late um, in the draft As pretty much we never really know who's going to pan out um even with these wide receivers um and evan definitely has a a good point about maybe being the best wide receiver class uh draft class in history uh they have really shown their their worth and even with that said it's still a risk because you just never know what rookie wide receivers or rookie anybody is going to do Um, most had figured that Kirk cousins uh could not float two wide receivers but he pretty much did in a lot of games, um, as both Adam Thielen and Jefferson finished in the top ten uh, over many weeks. Um, you know, there were some weeks where one would explode and the other wouldn't, but for the most part, Kirk Cousins did uh, an after, you know, a great job uh, floating these guys. Um, so, uh, um, both both wide receivers finished in the top twenty-four and there we go i mean justin jefferson probably won the late late picks 180 around there uh finishes a top 24 wide receiver overall
0: yeah j jeff was yeah he was such a great late round pick um he really just kind of stepped into the stefan Diggs role there for uh for the vikings and did great so uh evan who is your um best uh, w- uh deep round pick for this year
1: well, this guy fell apart in the fantasy playoffs, so. I don't know. Comes uh, the caveat, but uh, for what you want in waiting on tight end, T.J. Hawkinson delivered. He had only before the fantasy playoffs, he only had only one week. We had less than 7.2 HPPR points, which is what you want if you're just trying to play play uh, a deep throwaway one dollar late round tight end. You know, he, just, he has a high floor. Uh, he actually finished. Or he hasn't finished it. He's right now fourth overall I- among tight ends. So he really did, and it wasn't too hard to see coming since he's shown growth in his first two seasons. And he was uh, what the tenth overall pick of the draft, I think, or something like that. Uh, you know, with uh, with uh, Stafford back, at least as he was at the time, the beginning of the season. It was it was kind of a, 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 a pick that you could predict uh, and and then and then set and forget, which is is what you want when you're waiting on tight end.
0: Yeah. Um, Hawkinson was a great one. Uh, we had the um, under-the-radar studs that we mixed and Hawkinson was one of my uh, nominations for that, for an under-the-radar stud. So yeah, he was a great double-digit round pickup. And there was a whole class of tight ends that fit that that bucket, but because nobody could compete with uh, Waller or Kelsey... Um, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, tight end stinks or whatever. And, and it does stink. Let's be clear here. It does stink. But you can get diamonds in the rough every single year. Um, So my guy, this might not shock you guys, is another tight end. And it's only not Antonio Gibson because I have him for another category. Um, But it's it's who do you who do you think it is? Who do I always talk about?
1: Mike Isiki.
0: It's Michael J. Gisicchi, baby. He we. We. He did not abandon us. We abandoned Mike Kosicki. So you look at the Mike Kosicki logs. He had really three bad games out of his first seven to start the year. He went three for 30 to start the season, which I said it was going to happen because he was playing the Patriots. Then he smashed Buffalo, scored a touchdown against Jacksonville, bad game against Seattle, big game against the Niners, then disappeared against the Jets and Rams. After that point, Mike Kosicki, in his last uh, seven games here, Uh, So there he missed a game due to injury in week 15, uh, but he was on a 839 yard nine touchdown pace on 66 catches, which doesn't seem like a lot. But, um, you know, if you look at what tight ends do, that is a lot, you know, 839 and nine is a big year for a tight end. That would have been third in tight end receiving yards, and it would have been third in tight end touchdowns over the course of a year. So, um, you know, the catches were a little low because he is kind of a downfield guy. Um, he does get kind of deeper, deeper passes. Uh, he's basically used like a big wide receiver. So he's not getting a lot of these dump offs like Logan Thomas did this year. But, uh, yeah, my guy, Mike Isicki and Mike Isicki was picked uh, 123 by Fantasy Pros ADP. So I was I – was, Slamming, his, slamming the table for him in the preseason. I'm slamming the table for him in the postseason. I had him as my tight end six. He finished the year, I believe, as tight end seven. Yes, he's tight end seven in half PBR right now. So I will take that. And he actually finished behind Logan Thomas, who is a guy who Carl, like fake, fake plastic T and I both were kind of looking at at the beginning of the year. So a good year for tight ends if you can get it. And they both finished above Rob Gronkowski. So take that, Rob Gronkowski.
2: Yeah, I was one of the ones that cut bait on Mike Kosicki. Uh, yeah. He was, he was my, the first tight end I drafted and the first tight end that I cut. And yeah, it wasn't too long after that that uh, he was picked up. So yeah, I, I, I'm one of those guilty party.
0: Yeah, and it's, its you know what? This is the second year that Mike Kosicki has done this, where he's started slow. We cut bait on him, and then he just finishes the year hot. And then we go, oh, my God. We're so stupid. How can we forget this? And uh, maybe it's something to remember for next year. Um, for for uh, Mike Kosicki, big second half of the season type of guy.
2: Well, and I think also, just with tight ends in general, you have to exhibit a lot of patience. Because mm-hmm. if it's anything like this year, then you're going to have to go in understanding that three, four weeks, you might not get anything at your tight ends. And, but... You know, outside of the top three tight ends, everybody is not getting anything from their tight end. So it's even though it's a, it's hard to see a zero or five points, you, you just have to understand that nine. You know, the other nine league members aren't getting are getting the same amount of points as you are as well.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, one of the things where we have to talk about this off season is maybe we have to uh, prioritize the bigger guys. So that there is an actual advantage, because if you're looking at like T get TJ Hawkinson or uh, Logan Thomas or Mike Isiky, Robert Gronkowski, these guys were good values, but they didn't provide a good advantage. You know, it was just like, oh, I didn't pay as much for this guy as somebody else paid for Mark Andrews. So, um, you know, it's, it's it's helping me out there because the guy instead of taking Mark Andrews, I took player X, Y, Z. You know, I took Stefan Diggs instead of Mark Andrews in the fifth round. And that's why it's helping me. Not, oh, my God, Mark Andrews is so good. Or, oh, my God, TJ Hawkinson is so good. Or Mike Kosicki is so good. It's like, hey, they were great value. And so maybe we have to start start talking about, you know, uh, Kelsey Kittle-Waller as a you know first, second round picks next year. Yep. Because they provide, especially Kelsey this year, they provide such an advantage over everybody else in your league that you get, you basically start off with an extra eight points. Every single week, if you have one of those guys, so it might be worth a shot.
2: Yeah, we're back to what we uh, what was about five years ago, six years ago, when we we're talking two tight ends. Um, if you have an open flex that plays tight ends that you draft in the first and second round, you draft Kelsey and Waller, and mm-hmm. you know you you usurp all the point from everybody else, and you have the two best tight ends in 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 football and they get you all the points while everybody else is sucking up zeros because there's no tight ends available
0: yeah that's you know you have the zero rb people saying draft a lot of wide receivers you have the zero wide receiver people saying draft a lot of running backs just do neither don't draft any wide receivers or any running backs just all tight ends baby
2: go with the tight
0: end yeah that's right so that was sarcasm anyways and then yeah my uh Honorable mention, Antonio Gibson, pick 150. I was looking back, and guess who drafted Antonio Gibson at the at the end of the mock draft that we did right after the draft? You. This yeah. guy, baby. It was me. I was in on Antonio Gibson, and then his price went too high, and then I tapped out on Antonio Gibson. And I probably shouldn't have. So um, by the end of the year, he wasn't really pick 150, but um, that's why I didn't want to go with him, because by the end of the year, he was like a six-round pick. He didn't really count. Oh, all right, so we feeling good after that one? Because I, I got a bad category coming up next, if everybody's okay with that.
2: Well, on, honorable mentions. So.
0: Oh, honorable Evan. mentions,
2: yeah. Evan, do you have any?
1: No, Gibson.
2: Gibson's going good one. Um, I have uh, Kirk Cousins, who finished as a QB11.
0: Mm.
2: Wasn't probably drafted in, you know, unless you're a two-quarterback guy, or two-quarterback leagues. Jamison Crowder. Finished wide receiver 37 There was like the first five weeks He was a wide receiver one um, Overall and then Of course he got her and players came Back healthy and then Cole Beasley
0: uh, mm, Great one
2: Wide receiver 31 finished as a Wide receiver 31
0: yeah Cole Beasley was a great one because especially in the second Half of the year in PPR he was He was chugging And he was doing great so that's a great pickup Cole Beasley didn't make it onto my he was like My honorable mentions honorable mention You know, like I kept trying to figure out, I was like, I got to fit Beasley somewhere, but I I never figured out where I could fit him in. So great call there, Mike. So, all right, now let's talk about the biggest busts. The guys who just sort of lit you down. The guys who you wanted to be good, everybody thought was going to be good, and then weren't good. So, Evan, we'll start with you. Who is your biggest bust? And what's? It, I don't know if it's sad that this, this category I have the most contingencies for, the most dishonorable mentions.
1: Yeah, this one's hard because usually my biggest bust is the guy who uh, – not the guy who gets injured, but the guy who isn't injured and just keeps flopping every week. But I was really having trouble finding that. So, for me, uh, I just have to go with CMC, you know? Wow. CMC. Number one overall, uh, looked amazing in the two or three games they played, and then people couldn't drop him because Carolina kept playing that. Well, maybe we'll, we'll start him next week game, even when it, we've for this podcast for over a month. I've been like, they're not starting him, you can go ahead and figure up the roster spot. So, yeah, that dude was uh, clogging up a roster like cholesterol, you know. That's uh, that's that's the one,
0: yeah. The uh, I tried to control for injury but yeah uh, CMC is not is uh, a a great option here for this. Mike what do you what
1: I'm, oh, eager, I'm eager that you I'm glad you controlled control for e- injury cuz I'm sure I missed someone. Uh, uh so I'm eager to hear.
0: Yeah, I, I controlled for injury so I, if you got hurt I just I, I gave you a pass. Mike uh, what do you what do you have for uh, your your biggest bust for 2020?
2: Yeah, I, I I could definitely see what Evan is saying but I I was looking at Chris McCaffrey's stats this year. And he he was eleven points behind Cam Akers, and Cam Akers played oh. in seven more games. Um, he was he was uh, nine points behind Rex Burkhead, who played in seven more games. Oh no! He was, he was seven points behind Joe Mixon, who played three more games.
0: Wow! Yikes! Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. When he played, he smashed. So that, yeah.
1: We have a little bit of breaking news, actually.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: it's being confirmed that, or its I guess it's just breaking rumors, sorry, but uh, the Jaguars seem to have come to a decision on their next head coach. I saw who it was. Yes, and it is Ohio State legend Urban Meyer. And I know breaking news is not my cat, my department, but I wanted to work in an Ohio State reference here so I could say that they kicked Clemson's butt last night and yep, Fields, that quarterback I hate on all the time, through six amazing touchdowns. All right, that is all. Back to your regularly scheduled absurdities.
0: So, Urban Meyer to the Jags, Justin yep. Field to the Jags. Interesting. Oh, uh, wow. Uh Urban Meyer gets his pick of literally any player in the draft? Just a thought. And that see what's funny is the way that the NFL works is that a team will be like, "All right, if Justin Fields is there, we're going to take Justin Fields with our pick." And then if Urban Meyer his coach in college passes on him, they'll go, "Well, wait a second. If if Urban Meyer
2: yeah, he'll slide. doesn't
0: doesn't want him. <laughs> What's wrong with him? And then right. so then he'll slip slide because <laughs> the NFL loves to outthink themselves.
2: It'll be it'll be like Aaron Rodgers.
0: All right, so we lost about a minute of audio there. No big deal. Uh, Mike and I were just riffing on his Aaron Rodgers point. But uh, let's get back into the bust. And, Mike, um, another thing we missed, uh, we lost, was you challenging us to figure out your bust. And we figured it out on the first try. And it was obviously, remind me again? It
2: was Ezekiel Elliott.
0: Oh, Zeke, duh.
2: And um, which which I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you wouldn't think Ezekiel Elliott as a bust. But... He was uh, really from almost um, the moment Dak Prescott went down. His season went right down with it. Um, He was um, atrocious with just two double digit point weeks since week six. Uh, So, yeah, since week six, he only scored two double digit weeks. Uh, He fumbled, bumbled his way. Tony Pollard looked better than him um, for a lot of parts of the season. And if it wasn't for Ezekiel Elliott's first five weeks and his name recognition, he would have been on the trash heap for a lot of owners. I think uh, a lot of people just kept him because he was Ezekiel Elliott and they saw what he did the first five weeks. So you kept hanging on to him. But really, you could have just tossed him. He, He definitely could have been a waiver wire for everybody out there. Uh I, I really honestly believe he's played his way out of the first round for twenty twenty redraft leagues this year. And at this point, right now, without week seven going into week seventeen, he is currently the RB eleven.
0: Ooh, Mike Sarah is safe. 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 You can say, Oh, I meant only for the fantasy regular the fantasy season, so you can call it safe.
2: I yes. And yes. I think, you know, even even if week 17, I still think it's going to be safe. Uh I'm 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 good to go. Um I actually have my hair as a mullet right now uh, <laughs> cuz I didn't think it was going to be possible, so I just kept it. Uh but yeah, it's it's now time to get a legitimate haircut. To
0: to to clean that bad boy up. So uh so yeah. Um I'm going to go on Twitter right now and retweet your post and say uh your boy's hair is safe. <laughs> Hopefully your boy's hair is safe. All right. So yeah, that was a that was a a, a cojones pick that you made, uh, saying that if you if you haven't heard before, uh, Mike said if Ezekiel Elliott finishes the season any better than a running back eight, you'll have he'll have his barber shape his hair into a mullet. And he posted this in May. So big uh, big ups to Mike for uh, putting himself out there and then having his hair safe. I like it. Yeah. So, all right, so uh, let's get into my bust. I had a lot. So I, like I said, I controlled for injury, but I still had a lot of candidates here. CEH, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Julian Edelman, who I'm now realizing was a bust because he got hurt. Carson Wentz, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram, Zach Ertz. But the guy that I'm going with, and CEH hurt us more. He hurt us a lot more because he was a first-round pick. But the guy that I'm going with, somehow somehow managed to be a bust twice in the same season. That's AJ Green. <laughs> somehow AJ Green, so in the first so the first game he went five for fifty-one, fine. Then over the next four weeks, he had um he was on pace for two hundred and seventy-two yards. So we threw him on the trash heap of history. Remember we said, you know what, AJ Green's time as a fantasy performer might be done. We you know, we, we, we gave a rescue rescuescat and to his career, gave it a rest in peace. And then over the next two games, he had 24 targets, 15 catches and 178 yards. And we went, well, maybe we were wrong about AJ green. And then over his next five games, he had 19 yards, zero yards, 41 yards, zero yards and zero yards. So wow. somehow AJ, AJ green gets the nod. Cause somehow AJ green managed to be a bust twice in the same season. You gave up on him. He brought you back and then he hurt you again. So that's why A.J. Green got the nod, because somehow, somehow he became a bust twice this year.
2: And that's very true. I, you know, going in, I don't think either either one of us thought he was going to be anything special. And he was mm-hmm. like a wide receiver 31. And it's just like, how how can this guy come in with an ADP a wide receiver 31 who hasn't played in two years is 30 something years old. Is having leg issues and, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but, you know, watching wide receivers play football, they kind of need their legs a little bit Um, back issues and a whole bunch of other stuff and believe that he's going to be this this wonderful AJ Green that we saw prior to all these injuries adding up.
0: Yeah, he uh, there just wasn't there wasn't much there for him. I mean, he had Joe Burrow and then he had the cavalcade to suck at quarterback after Joe Burrow got hurt. And it's just like, you know, T. Higgins emergence, uh, Tyler Boyd being there, you know, Drew Sample being amazing. That was a joke. Sample was.
2: Oh, Drew, Drew Sample. That's right. I always thought I always believed that that uh, Drew Sample should should have an an uh, name of Anthony for this middle name that way we could call him Drew A Sample.
0: Drew A Sample. <laughs> I like I I think it's very good that uh the Bengals in order to save money, they got a guy who they could just give the sample jerseys to. Yeah, so they're, they're, like get a, they get a jersey mock up they're like this looks great, give it to Drew. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, um uh, but yeah, AJ Green big bust cuz he somehow managed to bust twice in the same year. Like I good call. Yeah. So I gave you my uh you I gave you guys my honorable mentions. Um Ertz, Ingram, Fournettes, Carson Wentz, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and CEH. Do you guys have any uh um honorable mentions?
1: Michael Thomas. Even okay. not injured. Yeah. Ooh.
2: And then who who'd you say? You said uh, Evan, you said Michael Thomas and then you said another well, one which were... was
1: always going like third, fourth round, which I thought was ludicrous and was he turned out to be the third best running back on the team.
2: Yeah, I actually drafted him in my home league in like I think round five or six, and I played him once in week one, and that was all I needed to see out of him. Yeah. Uh it... Lamar Jackson was mine, QB ten. Cooper Cup. You know, Cooper Cub has been really not good, but the dude caught ninety two passes this year. Wow. For Nine hundred and seventy four yards. It was his touchdowns that really kept his value low. Um, so I have him as as a it was a bust. And then the rookie, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, was another bust
0: for me. Yeah, he was he was a big bust. First he got he, after Damian Williams opted out, he ended up as a first round pick and it just didn't work out. Um for anyone, and uh, let me let me check something here. Hold on, let me just check something really quick here. Uh, Mike, you mentioned Cooper Cup, and uh, let's see. Oh no, I'm talking trash. It's not even in this article. It must have been in the busts, because uh, I said uh, Cooper Cup. I, I pointed out how um, the uh, his his uh, end of year was just so unsustainable.
2: That's horrible, right? Uh, Reynolds. Josh Reynolds, I think. Is it Josh Reynolds? Yeah. The, what? Um
1: Ryan Reynolds.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Um he came back from his uh his uh D two movie. Um and um anyway, so yeah. He's he even has taken up um a lot of uh um snaps. They they pretty much shared snaps for like the last three or four weeks.
0: Yeah. And here it is, here it is. So um, Cooper Cup's rankings, this is what I wrote about him when I called him a bust in the uh, Rams, Sleepers, Breakouts, and Busts this year. Uh, Cooper Cup's rankings are aided a lot by completely unsustainable pace down the stretch of 2019. Cup scored in the last five games of the year, which isn't that insane alone. The insane part, he averaged just 56 yards per game in that stretch, and to pull that off, he caught 90% of his passes. He also had 20 targets across weeks 13 through 16, getting 10 targets in week 17 to save those target totals. Mm. He was just hyper-efficient catching the ball, and he scored a lot of touchdowns down the stretch. And that buoyed his value up into being, when I wrote this, he was wide receiver 13, 34 overall. Uh, And this was in July when I wrote this. So, yeah, Cooper Cup was just, he he was a bust waiting to happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, his last eight games, I think what he, he catched five uh, five touchdowns in five straight games or something. That But his last eight games were, if you look outside of that, were just nothing, as you're mentioning, just almost like he disappeared. And Robert Woods sort of took over uh, those last eight games. They almost flip flop. It was first, the eight games was, was Cooper Cup's in 2019. And then the last half was Robert Woods. But Cooper Cup caught a touchdown in five straight games. And that really helped him into this year but really since 2018 his, his, his you know he just hasn't done much
0: yeah that's yeah so all right guys let's stop talking about the bus I'm, I'm i'm starting to feel like a downer here let's talk about our player of the year so what player of the year is is uh whatever criteria you want to have that you bring into this you know it's a guy that maybe touted who did great a guy who you think helped a lot of fantasy managers i think what we did is is the guy that we decided was our guy who who cashed in for us and i'm going to save you guys i'm not going to talk about mike Gosicki again so <laughs> i'll save you guys from that um so player of the year this year um uh let's see evan you went first last time uh mike who is your player of the year
2: I thought I went... Oh, like?
0: okay. I You might have. Uh, so we'll let Evan go first.
2: Well, for Player
1: of the Year, I found myself going into two categories. First of all, I want somebody who did great all year and got you to the playoffs. And also a mandatory uh, requirement was they had to have done great in the playoffs to get you to a championship. And there's th- then I found myself debating between do I want the people who were picked in the first round and came through, or do I want the people who were picked in later rounds and came through? And I really... I just had... Four players, and I think I think overall my player of the year is going to have to be uh, because they 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 edged him out by being almost as good as the first rounders, but much much later. Uh, uh, And that 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 narrowed it down to a quarterback and a wide receiver. So of course I went to the wide receiver because quarterbacks are not
0: as uh, scarce. Okay, that
1: long. Evan, Evan are, are long you are you
0: stalling because you, you forgot to do the assignment? That's what it <laughs> no, like. No, I just not four players, so I'm doing it on the fly. <laughs> uh, it's like, you're like, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, Treasure Island is a book about an island <laughs> full of treasure, and uh, you know.
1: Simon <laughs> and Schuster Press. Yeah. Robert Louis Stevenson, hell of an author. All right, so player of the year, Stefan Diggs, finished. Third overall, or is third overall in total points scored. Uh, put up 37 points on Monday Night Football, putting many fantasy owners, including me, over the top. Uh, 20 points in the previous week, 24 points in the week before that. Uh, average draft position, here I actually didn't do my research, but average drag position, drag position, 62nd. Uh, so the sixth round there to get first round production from a guy who's gonna go high in the second round probably next year that's my uh fantasy football player of the year
0: see that's not fair because Stefan Diggs i was higher than everybody on that was my guy i was higher than everybody on stuff Steph- on Stefan Diggs oh
1: was that your plant the flying guy uh
0: he, it was uh no i planted my flag in i forget oh you know what I have the document let me double check it's yeah, all in the doc- i was
1: trying to avoid that if i did that i'm sorry
0: it's all in the documents, folks. Hold on. Well, it's then, all that
1: said, if you want the guy I was highest on, Josh Allen.
0: Josh Allen? That's a yeah. great one. And You that, were that...
1: highest on him last year, and I was highest on him this year.
0: Yeah, hold on. Let me see. Uh, unlike in years past, we actually remember to track our things so we don't have to go back and, and uh, listen. So let's see. Um, my – oh, we didn't do Plan Our Flags this year. That's right. We, we did. did,
1: actually. I remember mine. Yeah, no, we did.
0: Okay, then I don't remember. Then I'm an idiot. Then, yes, he is mine. There. You okay, so otherwise. Pivot? Pivot, you, pivot Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a great one. And and it works all the same. Yeah. Uh
1: he he got he got, he started off hot, so you got to uh uh stay strong in your leagues when he was cold. Uh he was cold, but then he's currently the number 1 quarterback went for let's see here. Oh my god, where was he even picked?
0: He was around QB7.
1: Yeah, he was QB7, great job, 70th overall on Fantasy Pros, which puts him just at the end of the sixth round. That's what you want, and your that's where you want to take your number one overall quarterback at the very earliest.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, just to support Evan Stefan Diggs' thing, number one in targets, number one in receptions, number one in yards— <laughs> Uh, he is not the uh wide receiver one because Devonte Adams had 17 touchdowns and Tyree Kill had 15 touchdowns. So, uh, his eight touchdowns were the only disappointment for him. But, um, he did finish as the wide receiver three in total fancy points on the year. Um, and uh, since he didn't miss a game, he's also wide receiver three in fancy points per game. So, um. Just a smash play. I thought he was gonna to be top ten in everything. I thought he was gonna be a top ten guy. I was taking him everywhere. He was part of, if we remember back, you guys remember my 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 running back triple tap and Stefan Diggs was like my strategy in rounds four, five, six, and seven. It was Diggs, uh, <laughs> uh Kareem Hunt and um Ronald Jones. The her 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 was Cam Akers. <laughs> Cam Akers didn't really work out too well, but that was my move. Was in those rounds, I was taking the at the every single time. So, um, so yeah, I Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen. Um, I thought he was going to be good, I didn't think he was going to be this good, and I don't think anybody thought he was going to be this good. Uh, but Mike, who is your guy that you want to say is your player of the year?
2: You know, I want to take it and I'll 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 admit because it's even hard for me to admit about Stephen Diggs is that Stefan Diggs is that as you guys know, I was absolutely just denying of him and didn't like him at all this year so i was wrong but um i wonder how much of production stefan diggs had with john brown not there uh so um That'd be interesting to take a look at the weeks, the same weeks John, John Brown played and how well Stefan Diggs played.
1: Um, I can only speak earlier in the season when I started tracking this, but it felt like when Brown was on the field, Stefan Diggs did better because Josh Allen was more likely to go up over the top, and when Brown was not there, there, there was more double coverage on Diggs, so uh, Allen would pivot to Beasley. But I stopped paying attention after their week six or their week ten bye, so that might have changed.
0: Yeah, there was a problem with uh John Brown not being there caused problems with the uh, the Bills offense as a whole because um he just I called it the Beasles the of the offense where he would just go like uh Evan said to, to Beasley a lot, but uh, I, I'm actually stalling because I'm pulling up the splits right now. So let's see. Stefan Diggs in 2020, um, he played seven games without John Brown. He played eight games with John Brown so far, and uh, he averaged seven more yards per game without John Brown. Actually, so um, so with John Brown, nine point four targets, seven seven receptions. 94 yards and a touchdown every every other game stefan Diggs without john brown and i think a lot of this might have to do with the game that they just had where he scored three touchdowns but 12 targets a game nine catches 101 yards and 0.6 touchdowns per game so i would call this 94 versus 101 seven catches versus nine catches i'd call that negligible Difference and, with uh, and without sticks,
1: John Brown what I saw uh, early in the season because that had to have swung up in the last four games when Stefan Diggs had over 500 receiving yards with and John Brown wasn't there for any of those games so if that was it uh, was if that negligible even after that strong finish then yeah I guess in the beginning of the year it's true that uh, Diggs is better with Brown on the field
0: yeah so there you go so uh, Mike does that answer your question
2: yes it does
0: there you go so all right let's go ahead and uh uh, do you guys have any honorable mentions for your player of the year?
2: Well, I, I have to mention
0: oh,
1: my, my sorry pass. You haven't
0: gone. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think
1: you've gone either, Jeff, have you?
0: No, I did. I stole Stefan Diggs from you. Okay, cool. Yeah, Mike, who is yours?
2: Well, do um, you, you guys have any guesses?
0: Hmm.
1: Philip Rivers. No. Uh, Close, though. It is I have, a two, I have two alternates. Oh, it's a, right? it's a
0: quarterback. It's a quarterback. Oh. Tom Brady, you love Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, Brady. Like you
0: him. guys both love Tom Brady. Yeah, so much. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think who it might be.
2: You're gonna kick yourself.
0: I feel like I am. I feel like I need to cheat to go back to your last set, your last few sets of questions. Hold on. Uh, is it Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not that much of a kick. No.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh it can't be Aaron Rodgers because you don't hate yourself that much.
2: I do hate myself that much.
0: <laughs> oh, is it Aaron Rodgers?
2: It is Aaron Rodgers. Wow. It's
0: going be a culpa for during our quarterback show. You're like, not there. Don't take him yet. Don't take yep. him yet. <laughs> Don't
2: take him yet. Nope, nope. Wait, 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 wait. All the way. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Um, no. Um, yeah. I completely missed <laughs> the ball in on this one. Completely. Uh, just over 4,000 yards, 44 touchdowns through the air. 145 yards on the ground plus three more scores gave him 47 total touchdowns and a qb5 uh, overall ranking this year he finishes a qb5 i originally put him as a qb19 uh oops only three times only three times did Rodgers not finish in the top 12 of quarterbacks and only once did he not finish outside the top 24, or he did finish outside the top 20. I think he was a top a QB 24 in like week six or seven or something. Trash. Just absolute trash. Get rid of him. Um, interestingly, he never finished first. He never finished as a QB one, um, but did have a handful of QB top five performances. Week after week, he made me realize that I really misjudged him by a lot. Therefore, Aaron, I'm sorry.
0: Wow. You're, you're putting him under your wing. You're grabbing him, and you're putting your arm around him and saying, Aaron, it wasn't you. It was me. It was I'm me. sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. It was totally
2: me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I,
0: th- I thought he would be your uh, I'm sorry guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He is my sorry guy, uh, very sorry guy, uh, and um, yeah. Uh, other other guys, Stefan Diggs, um, as I talked about a little bit, uh, I had him. I had him as a wide receiver 32, so oops, he finished as a wide receiver three. David Montgomery, I had as an RB 30, he finished as an RB six. And Cole Beasley barely even made my list, Uh, wide receiver 85. He was my last wide receiver on the list, and he finished as a wide receiver 31.
0: Wait a second. Mike, are you doing the I'm sorry category? Yes. You skipped your player of the year. Player of the year. Yeah. So we got, that's why I was so confused. I was so confused because I was like. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) This
1: This is like when, what's her name? Jessica Tandy at the Oscars. Read the wrong one? No, not Jessica Tandy. Who read oh. the wrong? Who, who read the wrong? Who read La La Land when the winner was uh, Midnight? Yeah,
2: Me. I can't remember who that was, but you're absolutely right. And then, uh, what was the the comedian guy uh, read Harvey. the wrong Miss America person? <laughs> Steve Harvey. Yep. So you were mm-hmm. right. You were right, Evan. I I don't hate myself that much. I'm sorry, glad to know sorry. that.
0: <laughs> I, I was really thinking you were like, yeah. He's the player of the year cuz I was so I was so bad about him and I was like wow okay. So Mike, you get to go back to back. So you did you skipped ahead to your I'm sorry guy. You got your Mia culpa out of the way. So let's hear your player of the year now.
2: Sorry guys on that. I totally screwed that up.
0: See, it's okay. It's your I'm sorry about my I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Uh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm double sorry. Um okay, player of the year which which is really uh was I I thought Alvin Kamara. Um Mhm. For instance, in, uh, in the first uh, 10 weeks, he was no lower than an RB11. Uh, so 10 weeks in a the row. The first, he just started out the season for a straight 10 weeks. He was not anything lower than an RB11. He did fall off weeks 11 and 12, but bounced right back in there. Week 13 or 14 with back-to-back RB9 performances, then an RB16. And, uh, but in... Um, Week 16, and we all know. We all know the greatness of Alvin Kamara with his oh. six touchdowns. Jeff okay. said, "Adieu, thank you very much for your service. You've been awesome. Thank you very much." And singularly, handedly won people's champions championships uh, all by himself. So Alvin Kamara it was. You had a rough 2019 where you played well, but you just didn't get in the end zone as much as you normally did. You turned it all around for 2020, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what you bring in 2021.
0: Yeah, that uh, and what Mike is referencing, as we were talking about on Twitter, I, d- I drafted Alvin Kamara before his rookie year in my Keeper League, and uh, the rules stipulate you can only keep a player for up to four years. So, Alvin Kamara, salute. You're, you were the best value uh, in my in my league for years, and now I have to try to win a title without you. So, salute to you, Alvin Kamara. So, Mike, let's talk about your. I'm sorry, player. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a memory flash. Your plant the flag player was Brandon Cooks.
0: Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because I was getting mad at Will Fuller people. And Brandon Cooks is the, wow, wide receiver one on the year? Incredible. Don't fact check me.
2: Great, great flag plant, number one.
0: Yeah, uh, don't, Explain don't.
1: fact fi- about the wide receiver one has been disputed.
0: <laughs> okay, Twitter.
1: Uh, Brandon multiple, Cook... multiple media outlets have called the number one wide receiver <laughs> differently. <laughs> uh,
0: Brandon Cook threw 14 games, 984 yards, 70 catches, and four touchdowns. I'll take that. Wide receiver 28 right now. Sure. Why not? Why not, guys? Why not? Um, So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to our. Oh, I'm... Before
2: we do, I got my honorables. Oh, uh,
0: honorables, yeah.
2: Derek Henry. Who's another player, probably I could fit in my onside category? Yeah. He finished as an RB3. Uh, Josh Allen uh, finished as a QB2. And Tyreek Hill finished as a wide receiver one. So all three of those guys were honorable mentions for player of the year.
0: Yeah, my honorable mention also, uh, <clears throat> he didn't finish great in the rankings because he got hurt, but um, Austin Eckler. He was a guy that I was really big on, and um, when he played, uh, he pulled his hamstring. He was doing really well before that. Lots of volume and everything. Um, I was a big uh, proponent of his um, in the off season, It was nice to see him cash in, but he was nowhere near on the uh, – oops. Sorry, banging my mic uh, on the uh, Stefan Diggs level. So, Evan, do you have any um, honorable mentions? Devontae Adams,
1: number one wide receiver in yeah. the year. Got you there. Just kept you there. You know, it's interesting how last year CMC was like the third or fourth wide receiver off the board. He turned out to be the only great one among the four. And this year, Alvin Kamara was the second or third, wide, or sorry, running back, second or third running back off the board and turned out to be the only one of the top three or four, if you count Elliott, who did great.
0: Yeah, so that's, um. yeah, Alvin Kamara was a monster. So speaking of Devontae Adams, I just want to, since this is our recap, Show, kind of. Let's see. I'm checking the beer sheets on this. Devontae Adams had a $55 auction value on, on Evan's last uh, uh uh barbecue strategy cheat sheet, auction value sheet. And I got him in a $300 auction budget league for $45, baby. It was my steal of the year. I caught the rest of the league oh. napping. Yeah, I caught, I caught my league napping. He was the first big name off the board. So the market hadn't been set yet. So I was ready to go 50 on him. So take that, everybody else. All right. Let's get into our "I'm sorry" players now. Unless everybody, anybody else, want any more honorable mentions? We good? We're good. All yeah. good. All right. Mike. Mike thought ahead. He's gonna take a nap <laughs> now. Because now. Good night. Uh, uh, he's he's he got his categories in back to back. So, Evan, who is your I'm sorry player of the year? The guy you were pounding the table about and you were saying there is not a chance in H-E double hockey sticks. This player does what you think he's going to do and he's going to do what I think he's going to do. And then okay. you're well right.
1: at first, my I'm sorry player was going to be. Mike Davis. But then I realized that Jeff's I'm sorry player will almost definitely be Mike Davis. But then (laughs) I realized again that I actually still need to apologize to Mike Davis. So I don't care if we overlap. Mike Davis, I'm sorry, you figured it out. You took advantage of an amazing system and you took about uh, you reached your potential in versatility. And you had a great fantasy year for someone who came off the waiver wire or someone who, Somehow handcuffed CMC with you. I don't know if people were that prescient. But Mike Davis, you figured it out. You're the KO Pec Date football absurdity. Stop pooping too much. Player of the year. I'm sorry.
0: Yes. Mike Davis was my I'm sorry. But, Evan, I did a pivot. I was vocal about Mike Davis. We've always been vocal about Mike Davis. He was, a, he was literally a punchline for years for us. Um, I made a joke about him. I said, congratulations, you won Mike Davis. This is when uh, he was up for auction. Now you get to start him against the team giving up the third fewest fantasy points uh, after playing Joe Mixon and CEH. Turns out that had more to do with Joe Mixon and CEH than anything else. Um, I caught a lot of heat for that. Um, Mike Davis, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry that I had to watch you be trash for the 49ers for years. I'm really sorry that the 49ers cut you for a guy that never played it down in the NFL, Joe Williams. I'm sorry that you showed me that you were not a good football player. I'm sorry that that happened, and now apparently you are a good football player. Well, you're an adequate football player. You got a lot apologies of
1: apologies coming off Like I'm sorry you were, if you were offended.
0: That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, Mike Davis. Right. I'm sorry that you did not give me the confidence to tout you this season. I'm sorry, Mike Davis. It's what we call a backhanded apology. <laughs> But here's a guy I'm actually sorry about, Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson. So we mentioned him earlier in the year, or earlier in the podcast. He was a guy that it seemed like every single thing that happened for the Washington football team meant good things for Antonio Gibson. Um, and Ron Rivera said Christian McCaffrey once when referring to Antonio Gibson. And I looked at 33 touches in two years at Memphis. I looked at 33 touches in two years at JC. I said, well, what's going on here? Why, why do we care so much? And as he moved up the draft ranks, you know, I took him early on in the year. I thought he was a great 13th, 14th round flyer, you know, before your DSDs and your kicker. And I thought he was a great flyer then. But then he started getting the sixth round. I was like, what are you people doing? You guys are getting way too over your skis. And I was very loud about this. And then the Antonio Gibson truthers were right he got turf toe in week 13 against Pittsburgh and that affected him for the rest of the year. He mixed missed week 14 and 15, but he came back in the fantasy finals was efficient on the ground. 10 for 61. He was a good running back pretty much all year. Once he was getting the opportunity. Um, and um, you know, I just, sorry, Antonio, you were uh, running back 15 on the air. And I'm very sorry that I said those things about you. I'm very sorry that I doubted you. And I'm very sorry that uh, you made me do this. Now I'm going to go backhanded again. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just going to start gaslighting NFL players. But no, Antonio Gibson, he was a guy I was very vocally out on. Very vocally out on. And um, sorry, Tony.
2: Yeah, you weren't there. the only one. I was right I there him with you. I
1: in the 3.11 slot in our dynasty.
0: Well, look at you. Look at you, fancy pants. Who did I take in the third round? Probably, I don't know. I can't figure out how to
1: pull it up on Sleeper without the app.
0: Yeah, I probably took some jerk who did nothing this year. So um, I can figure it out. Uh, Okay, I'm pulling it
1: up right now. And uh, I had a pretty good draft, actually. It was Ruggs and then Herbert. And then I've opened up the draft. And you are Boston Scott. Gross. But you got Dobbins and Moss the first two rounds.
0: No, I didn't. You see that little arrow? I traded that pick. Oh, I got Michael J. Gasicki with my second round pick. I need a tight ends. Mike, what were you going to say?
2: I was just saying that even though Antonio Gibson and a lot of people, as you're talking about, especially on Twitter, was like, oh, six round, six round. Just because Antonio Gibson finished around there and maybe a little bit better doesn't mean that that is was his price. And if anybody paid six round price going into the draft, even though it paid off for you, doesn't mean that you spent your money wisely. um, Especially since he was going in so many other drafts a lot later than that, like the 13th round. So if you did pick him at the sixth round, you're doing it wrong.
0: Well, it really depends on when you drafted. That's the thing.
2: That That, That varies
0: for sure. Yeah. Everything that happened in Washington felt like it was good. Like everybody said it was good for Antonio Gibson. Like when Darius Geis, you know, showed us his true colors. Um, that's when he vaulted into like the sixth, seventh, eighth round. That's when he really, his price really got out of control for me. So before that, he was going, I think, 10th round. Before, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Sophomore wide receiver, Torres ACL in the offseason. Uh, uh, Torres Sutton? No, on yeah. the Bronco, on the Washington football team. Oh, um, um,
2: oh. Harmon.
0: Kelvin Harmon. Yes. So he was. So I remember this because Gibson's ADP was around like round 15. Uh, Kelvin Harmon tore his ACL. It bounced up to around like 13, 12, 13. Uh, got up to 10 based on hype because that's when people started listening to podcasts. And then Darius Geist did his thing and then he bumped up to around round six. So it really depends on when you picked Antonio Gibson, what his price um, in drafts ended up being. So yeah, that's true. That's yeah, that has a lot to do with it. But oh, uh,
2: absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. Guys, before we sign off and um, say see you next year to fantasy football, let's uh, say see you next year to some players. So these are guys – Mike, this was your category, and I'm going to say what I think you thought – it. I think what you expressed it to be. It was guys who were good, but were good in a small sample size. We're still not really sure what we got for them, but we think they'll be good for next year. Is that right? Did I get that right?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Or okay. or we think that um, was – you know someone that needed us to show us more like um how, how do we say someone who's maybe been average but has flashed some some good ability and then you're like yeah you know what I really like this guy but I really want to see more of this to see you know going into next year if if he is the guy that I think he's going to be
0: mm. okay so why don't you go first
2: um so yeah either 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 one all of it, it all works um And my guy is Nelson Aguilar.
0: That's a good one.
2: And um, he is in his sixth season, but this will be the second time in his career that he will finish in the top 25 of wide receivers. In uh, 2017, he finished as a wide receiver 21 with 62 receptions and eight touchdowns, but then fell off the map in his last two seasons in Philadelphia. And then I think, was he was he someone that the Raiders traded for or or he was just picked up off the waiver wire?
0: He was just a bargain basement. He was a free agent.
2: OK, so mm-hmm. Raiders picked him up off off um, the waiver wire, um, as you mentioned, bottom in bottom, the barrel, more like a street free agent than anything else. Um, and he came onto the Raiders at the end of think what last year the um, and in this season he finished um found himself with eight touchdowns once again, but only 47 receptions. But again, wide receiver 21. So I, I want to know what's next. What What, what is Aguilar going to show us? Is he going to show us uh, a continu- continuity of what he demonstrated in, in 2017 and 2020 and sort of be a wide receiver 20-something? Or was he going to fall off the map like he did in Philadelphia? So... That's that's what kind of I want to see for him in next year. Um, I, I don't know if you could trust someone that has butter for fingers, but it's I mean, he's done it twice now in his six years career, the top 20 receiver. So he definitely is in him to, to continue forth. And I like the way the Raiders offense is working. I don't think they're going to add any more wide receivers. The only problem that I could probably see out of any of this, and Brian Edwards actually shows something, but mm-hmm. for the most part, the Raiders' offense is is what it is. And if Aguilar can be a wide receiver 20 in an offense that's already set, then why not next year as well?
1: That was a horrible slur. My uncle had butter for fingers. It was a massive <laughs> disability.
0: So, Mike, what you're asking is you want to know if uh, Nelson Aguilar can keep this up or if he will. Drop the ball. Drop the ball. I put my mouth up to the mic for that terrible joke. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Mike wants to see more from Nelson Aguilar next year, who's had some ups and downs in his career, like Mike outlined. So, Evan, who is your guy? The guy you want to see next year.
1: Since the absurdities are an award show, this is the point in the award show where somebody wins an award and has way too many people to thank in the time allowed. So I just got to go through this as fast as I can because I have 20. Uh... And they're all rookie wide receivers. Henry Ruggs, love to see you develop with uh, Derek Carr in that offense. Jerry Judy, when you get a good quarterback, hopefully you'll take off. CeeDee Lamb, a second year, maybe no injury. Excited to see that. Jalen Rager, hey, I'm hoping you'll gel with uh, Jalen Hurts as well as Oh, I don't know if I can pronounce it. Kez, David, Kez Watkins, you're two rookie wide receivers with a rookie quarterback who's electric. Uh, Justin Jefferson, you might be the best in the whole class. Let's see what happens when you blossom in a second year with the same quarterback. Brandon A. Young, your versatility was amazing to watch, and I'd love to see them write more plays around you. T. Higgins, you might have had the best rookie quarterback, and I'd love to see him come back to play and make you have that second-year leap. LaVisca Chenault, you've got a great name, and you're going to get... D- d- Uh, Lawrence as your quarterback. Amazing. Uh, Chase Claypool, what was with that game where you caught three touchdowns? Are we going to have more of those? I'm excited. Uh, Van Jefferson, you somehow managed to be the second best wide receiver in this class named Jefferson. That's cool. Uh, Gabriel Davis, you're on what could be the best offense next year. Let's see how you grow. Uh, Darnell Mooney, you came on at the end of the year. Let's see what happens when they finally straighten out their quarterback issues. If they ever will, it's the Bears. Who even knows? Cole Komet, you too. Same team. Whatever. And that's no, that's a tight end. I got past my list of my receivers. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank the Academy. The music's from playing. I have to get off the stage.
0: Okay, good. I wasn't sure if that came through that I was playing trying to play Evan off the stage. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that audio was coming through. No, it's quite a list, and I wouldn't have interrupted it with the gag if you hadn't said that thing about the uh, Academy Awards. But yeah, no, that's a, I was trying to listen, but I was hard with the music blaring on my computer. So I'm sure you made a lot of good points, Evan. It was a lot of rookie wide receivers is what I heard. There's so
1: many that have potential. It's crazy. It might not be the best in overall peak talent, but it's going to be the best in depth, I think, by far and away.
0: Yeah, so it's it it's uh it's basically the rookie wide receiver class that hasn't shown out yet is what you're hoping to see more from, right? Or even ones who have shown out because you mentioned T. Higgins.
1: Yeah, there's so many so much potential. The ones who've shown out that see you accelerate in second year or maybe with guys like T Higgins where you looked great but you had your quarterback get injured or CD Lamb. Yes, there's so many angles, so much it's it's, it's I'm really excited about it. it's why I couldn't narrow it down to even fewer than 20.
0: Okay. Well, I was able to narrow it down to one guy. Okay. I was able to do that because uh, there's a guy who he had four starts this year. He had 24 fantasy points, 18.5 fantasy points. He's a quarterback. 25.6 fantasy points and 19.9 fantasy points. He was a good fantasy football option. Okay. He also threw for um, about 200 yards per game. He rushed for 52 yards per game and a touchdown. I'm not sure if this guy is good. I'm going to end up with him on a lot of teams next year, probably. It's Taysom Hill, guys. I don't know. I don't Whoa. know if Taysom Hill's good. Whoa. I'm shocked.
2: I am shocked.
0: I don't know if he's... Okay, for a long time, I was like, I am sick and tired of Taysom Hill. I was like, I, I I, am willing to die on this Taysom Hill. And I wasn't sure if he was good. And I was like, he's not a quarterback. He can't play quarterback. He, he sucks out loud. And three out of the four games where he actually played quarterback, he had at least 230 passing yards, which for a you know, 29-year-old making his first start isn't – I'm sorry, he's 30. For a 30-year-old making his first start, he might have a lot of fancy football value next year if Drew Brees retires. Not necessarily because he's good, but because he's got the Konami code. I want to see more Taysom Hill, guys. All year I said I want to see less Taysom Hill.
2: I know. I am shocked.
1: This is now, like Parasite winning the best Oscar levels of shocking left-fieldness.
0: Now, I want to see more Taysom Hill. Give me Taysom Hill. I want more good. I'm slamming my table. I want more good fantasy football options at quarterback. And I think Taysom Hill might not be a good real-life quarterback. He had four passing touchdowns and four starts. I think that kind of explains how good I think he might actually be as a quarterback. But for fantasy football, you know, points are points are points.
2: Points are points.
0: Points are points. And if you look at it, Saying, oh, he had four passing touchdowns in four games. Well, that's not what they do with Taysom Hill. He also had four rushing touchdowns in those four games. Yep. So, and a rushing touchdown is worth, um, in most leagues, one and a half times the amount of points as a, as a passing touchdown. So if you think of it by fantasy points, he had the equivalent of 10 passing touchdowns in four games worth of points. I don't know. He might be good for fantasy. I don't know. I need to see more Taysom Hill. So after all year and all year last year, because I was the Alvin Kamara guy saying, I'm sick and tired of this Taysom Hill. I want less Taysom Hill. Oh my god, Taysom Hill plays are so stupid. I want to see more Taysom Hill guys next year.
1: Well, and the monkey's paw finger curl.
0: Oh no! I won't have Alvin Kamara. It's fine. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But uh yeah, I, yeah, no. I, sh- I shocked you guys.
2: I'm shocked. I'm, I'm extremely yeah. shocked because this isn't the only year you've been on Taysom Hill. I mean, you've, you've made it clear for the last two seasons about your feelings about Taysom Mill. They're about is equal to mine with uh, Lamar Jackson about how I feel. But both players, um, Lamar Jackson fell to QB 10 this year, but um, both players put up a lot of points uh, on, you know, fantasy wise. Neither one yeah. of them are good quarterbacks, but they sure can, you know, benefit you in fantasy football. And that's what we're here for. Fantasy that's football.
0: Right points are points are points um so yeah uh that was uh my guy my honorable mentions uh uh the rookie running backs basically i'm not gonna do the evan thing and list him out but you know we saw partial seasons from jk dobbins deandre swift jonathan taylor cam Akers, uh zach moss if he can shake devin singletary might do something they kept splitting touches almost down the middle Um, you know, maybe Keyshawn Vaughn might do something this year if he's actually active, but I'm not sure he had that one game where he played well, you know, he had a lot of touches. So rookie running backs are my, um, honorable mention. And Mike, do you have any?
2: Um, I, I do have Jonathan Taylor as a, as an honorable mention. Um, Justin Herbert as an honorable mention. So I guess it's definitely a rookie kind of category. Um, and then the other one that's not a rookie is Curtis Samuel. Um, I'd like to see how he does sort of in this offense going forward in Carolina, because so, he had sort of a, a interesting coming on. I think around eight, week eight, he, he he started being more valuable, finished as a wide receiver, 28. Evan, do you have any honorable mentions? EY Hilton. All right. Yeah, come on back. Come on back to
1: us. We never really we never really gave up on you, bud. Even though we may have, you know, gave up on you on our fancy teams, come, come back. So T.Y. Hilton, huh? I like yeah, that. Yeah, he looked good I, at the end of the year. Uh, maybe he's figured it out. Maybe there is some lingering issue. Maybe there's something that's fixed now.
0: I, I, I think we've seen enough of T.Y. Hilton. Sorry, sorry, boys. Sorry, Mike.
2: No, he did, he did well at the end of the end at the end of the season.
1: Um, Wait a minute. Taysom Hill T A Y Hill T Y Hilton?
0: Are they the same guy? Tyreek Hill. Wow. Taysom Hill.
1: The writers are getting lazy with their characters. T.Y.
0: Names. Hilton. Uh I feel like there's another one. Kylan Hill. Why did that name just pop into my head? Who is Kylan Hill? He's a oh, he's uh coming out of college this year. That's right. He's a college guy. So there you go. Alright. That's that guys. That is the third annual Absurdities Awards. So, if well, you guys have.
2: We have to give one award, one, one more award to me. Oh. For, for having the best DFS throughout the year, the second year in a row, second year running DFS champion. Thank you very much. I, I want to thank. Nobody really. I, I don't care. I, I wanted this all by myself. Thank you very
0: much. Goodbye. There you go. Mike. Mike got so excited he jumped the gun. We didn't even have a uh, a production meeting. I was waiting until Mike to announce that when the survivor pool that never ended uh, would finally end. But congratulations to Mike. He is the DFS winner of the year. I was a rousing participant this year.
1: Congrats, got- Mike. I, I couldn't. I couldn't keep it close there at the very last few weeks. Good job.
2: Thank you very much. I, I appreciate all, all your support and continuous faith in me being the champion. We'll see if that carries on to next year um, and uh, me being champion once again. Thank you very much.
0: The champ is here. The champ is here. That's what I was going to do for you, Mike. The same the same bit that I played last week for me winning the uh, Riders League. But, oh, well, you that, blew that's it.
2: That's okay. It's played in my head on a daily basis.
0: There you go. That that's That's your ringtone for yourself. You call yourself yep. just to hear it.
2: I, I, yep, I wake up in the morning, I call myself, and I, I do so with uh, my morning urination. Um, so yes, everything is, the champ is here.
0: All right, well, on that note, Mike's talking about his pee, so you know what that means. It's time to get out of here. <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening to The Absurdities. We'll be back in this feed in two weeks. If you want to hear from us next week, patreon.com slash football absurdity. So for Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. Take care. And uh, all the award winners, the trophy's in the mail.
1: Bye-bye.